This is the Top Agents Playbook Podcast, Episode 96. Welcome to the Top Agents Playbook Podcast, the very best tips, tools, and ideas from real estate's top performers. Now, here's your host, Ray Wood. Well, hi, everyone, and welcome back to the show. I've got something a little bit special today, and I'm going to call it the Digital Marketing Episode. I'm always looking to produce the shows that most agents want, and when I go back over my stats for each episode, many of the most popular shows look at how agents can leverage digital marketing to grow their brand and their business. One of my favorite podcasts is The Digital Entrepreneur, hosted by Sean Jackson. Sean's show is perfect for people looking to explore the digital marketing world, as he doesn't confuse you with tech talk and stuff you won't understand. But if he does, I suggest you press pause and Google it, because it'll be something you probably need to know. Sean's latest episode is all about using technology to build and profit from a hyperlocal community website, and I've included a link in the show notes to this episode. But before I press play on my interview with Sean, I want to bring in my producer for this show, Joel Sharpton, to dig a bit deeper into this important, and I would say essential, emerging technology. Good morning, Joel. How are you doing? Hey, Ray. Good to talk to you, man. Joel, um, I wanted to get you on the show because uh, I listened through this interview with uh, with Sean, and I know you're a fan of the digital entrepreneur as well. And I just thought that so much of this content is so relevant right now. Why do you think agents should be seriously considering this and, and jumping on board? So I was excited about editing this episode of uh, the Top Agents Playbook for you, Ray, because I do love Sean Jackson. He's a, a digital entrepreneur that's been pushing and creating his own tools to help people succeed as digital entrepreneurs for a long, long time, since like 91. I mean, now you've been in this space, living the digital business lifestyle a lot longer than me, but even you weren't online like that in 91, I don't think. So, don't so think, Sean was- Was the internet even invented then? I mean, that's I what I'm saying. Ni- I, I thought it was 94. It, it, we're talking about like in 91, 92, it would have had to have been like, you, we're not even talking about AOL at that point. It's literally like Usenets and, and, and college, uh, you know, uh, networks and things like that. Yeah. Um, so the fact that he was there from the very beginning speaks volumes to his credentials in the space, but he's a founding member. And today he's the CFO of Rainmaker Digital, which is huge for all sorts of tools. So I was excited about this. But when I listened to what he was talking about, I was like, <laughs> this so solidifies and verifies and, and backs up what you and I have been working on anyway. And, and I know we were about ready to reveal it, but when I heard the content of this episode, I had to reach out to you. I said, Ray, we, we can tell your agents about this, right? We can tell your listeners about what we're working on. I think we can. I think this is the perfect time to uh, to launch it. And uh, Joel and I have been working on a project probably, it sort of started a little over a year ago, and we've been putting it together. Um, long story short, I've had so many inquiries from listeners to this show and agents in general saying, how do I get involved in the digital space? It looks like a bloody minefield, but where do I start? How do I do it without without going broke? How do I do it without going broke as far as time's concerned? Where do I find the time? Time investment. So, um, we've got a lot going on with this. So, my suggestion to you is that after my interview with Sean, I want you to hang around because Joel and I are going to tell you exactly what's going on. If you've been looking at this space, and and seriously, guys, if you are the first to claim this this uh, place high on the hill in your local market, you will rule it. 
if, if you do it properly because nobody remembers who's second and the seconds are just copycats. So, uh, you know, right now we're at this amazingly important period in time, I feel, and uh, we we want you to come on board and, and we'll tell you a little bit more about it after the interview. So, Joel, is there anything more to add to that? Nah, man, let's get into it. Let's let Sean tell them exactly uh, what an exciting opportunity there is for them. Uh, and then we'll come back and give them the specifics afterwards. Okay. Sounds like a plan. Joel's just given you a bit of info about Sean. Uh, like I said, can't say enough about this guy. And I was really, I was actually really surprised when uh, when he said yes to uh, an interview with little old me. I, I was really impressed. And my first question to Sean was, where does he see the digital marketing opportunities for real estate agents. It's funny that you ask that because, you know, it seems like residential real estate agents are primed to take advantage of the online space, and yet so infrequently do they. They seem to rely on other systems out there to do the heavy lifting when the reality is, with just a little bit of their own effort, they could really dominate their particular marketplace. So yeah. I think the opportunities are huge for them. Yep. Um, and and in what specific areas? Um, I guess we're seeing kind of various incarnations of websites and websites offering different things and and blogs, etc. Where do you see where do you see the 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 main opportunities? If you were um, and whereabouts are you based? You're in the states. I'm in Dallas, Texas. Okay. If you were an agent in Dallas and you knew what you knew and you wanted to get involved in the market, and I've had I've had a number of agents from Dallas, Fort Worth, and some of them are quite digitally savvy. But if you were in that role, Sean, what are some of the things that you'd be looking at? Where would you be focusing to to get some traction and and start attracting some uh, eyeballs? Well, certainly, I think as many agents look into the marketplace, the obvious place is the people that they know, right? They probably got into it because they had a fairly large network of people that they knew. Um, and from my perspective, that is some of the best training ground, if you will, to really refine the art of digital online communication. And I'll be a little bit more specific about that. You know, obviously, with social media having a big impact, Facebook coming to mind, so many agents go out there and put up a bunch of regurgitated material (laughs) into their Facebook post, hoping their friends will look at and share and trying to keep top of mind. Um, I would actually argue to go back a little old school in it. Think of email. (laughs) You know, because more than likely, if I get an email from someone who is a friend of mine, then I will probably open it. So you've got half the battle achieved just because you're friendly with someone. But I really think an email newsletter that is truly crafted around rich information about the community, not just about what homes are available for sale, which any person can go online and find that information, but really talking about unique attributes of the community, new stores that are opening, um, Crime reports, <laughs> ironically right. enough, are something people love to read, right. as well as market data, which always tends to come out. And I think by just starting with an email newsletter that is frequently delivered to people that are friends of yours that have subscribed up for it allows you to really refine the art of online communication because a website and Facebook and all these other platforms are nothing more than vehicles for communication. And too often, agents forget (laughs) that it's not just about saying, I'm an agent and come and buy property from me. It's more about being a resource to the people that know you so that when they are looking to move or act then they will always think of you because you've been giving them that rich, rich information. And one of the best places to start is just with a 
weekly, monthly newsletter to people. Okay. Okay. Let's just unpack that for a sec. Are you talking about uh, a blog where your your email is going to link back to uh, to some more information? Absolutely. I think you can okay. definitely tie the two together. Um, and I do think that it helps to make the email simple, right? People are communicating on their mobile devices and email on a mobile device needs to be responsive to that. But at the same token, you don't want to bore people. And there are often times where a read more link to your actual blog site would make a difference. And so I think it is incumbent upon the agent to really make it easy for people to consume communication. Communication yep. and having a blog available to it, having an email available to it, and then also repurposing that onto Facebook or other social media channels just goes in the vein of trying to take that communication and put it in a way that is meaningful for the audience to consume. Yeah. Well, it's it's so easy now and the technological advances, uh, I mean, you can, I mean, I don't know whether you're a fan or not, but you can, you can build a Squarespace website mm-hmm. blog for like 12 bucks a month month um it's hardly going to break the bank you can have some fun you can learn how to drive it it's 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 intuitively easy um yes i learned it in like half a day so if somebody like me at the age of 57 can can do that then (laughs) it's it's not going to be too hard is it no it's not and i think here's the thing though the platforms exist and as you pointed out the platforms are not that expensive and they're very intuitive now they we've come a long way over the years to make systems easy to use but at the end of the day it is still about the content it is still about what you want to say to people and if you are not really thinking through what that communication is then any platform is not going to solve the primary problem. The problem is we want something interesting, compelling to read, to consume, so that it then inspires us to act towards the future. And so I think the real nice thing about being an agent today, which is why I think the opportunities are are huge, is that it has never been simpler to get information online, but at the same time, it requires you to really understand the type of information you want to share and create, and that is something that is, I believe, best served by continuing to communicate on a regular basis with people. And how often should these updates be? We're talking weekly? You know, I think frequently is a good uh, rule of thumb. I mean, I'll give you an example here in Dallas. I live in the Park Cities, and in the Park Cities, we have a newsletter that many residents sign up from our local newspaper, and every week it tells us all the things that are going on in our community, and I read it is voraciously because I want to know what's happening in my immediate area. Yes, realtors can sponsor it and many do, but why pay someone to sponsor when you could be doing the same exact thing on a weekly basis, keeping your name top of mind as a resource in the community for all things that happen in that community? Yeah. Which hit, which links straight back to your earlier point of uh, of you know keeping it content rich. I think the 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 expression you used was rich information, which I love. Yeah, and I think that's the beauty of someone, who, especially a realtor that focuses on an area. And I think many realtors, you know, really try to understand a market, an intimate neighborhood, a series of neighborhoods. And the beauty with that intimacy is that there's a lot of things that go on that you can write about that'll be of interest. Uh, a coffee shop that's having a special, a particular store opening up, a restaurant that has a wine tasting. Yes, these are cultural things, but these are things of interest to those in the community. 
And again, by continuing to source that information and to provide it to your audience, then again, it's easy to insert, you know, information about the real estate market. For example, there's always real estate studies coming out on price per square foot and is the market growing, is it a buyer's market, a seller's market, et cetera. Yeah, That's yeah. all valuable information. But if it's delivered to me from someone who's been talking about com- my community outside of real estate, I will give it more weight than if the only time you communicate with me is about real estate. Okay, cool. Now, before we go any further, I want to just promo your awesome uh, podcast, which is which is how I learned about you uh, in the first place uh, with your with your co-host, Jessica. Uh, it's called The Digital Entrepreneur. You can download it at iTunes, Stitch, or, or wherever you get your, your podcasts. Uh, or what's, a, what's another link, uh, Sean? Can we just go to rainmaker.fm? That's it, rainmaker.fm. There's okay. plenty of shows on there besides ours, but of course we have the best one. So. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> and you're humble too. I love it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> now, mate, I want to rec- I want to recruit you to uh, to help me bring some bring some people on board here in a, in a good mm-hmm. way. Um, so, and, and I figure you are the perfect guy to 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 ask ask this question, etc. And I guess. As, it, as technology moves from, I guess, the realm of geeks to mainstream businesses, there's still so many barriers to entry. Things like people are just flat out scared about it. They don't know what to do. Um, mm-hmm. You know, lack of confidence and they don't know what kind of costs are involved. I think a lot of people think it's mm-hmm. hideously expensive. So um, how is the digital industry kind of addressing this? And I know good tech gets good because it's easier to use, et cetera. But what would your what would your suggestions be if if I'm listening to this and sure. let's forget about age, but I've got I'm interested, right? I'm I'm I'd love to do something like this and and hey it can be done on a shoestring. What are some of the things that uh, that how would you get started? I mean, okay, you get your blog going. Um, what are some of the other things that we could do? Well, I think to it really depends on the reason why you are scared, okay? And I think you have to address your fear head on. Okay. And, and because we all have the, the preconceived notions that are in reality probably not as scary as we think they are. For example, many people think that to have a website of any type, I need a technology person, right? The simple fact is you don't. No. With Squarespace, with Wix, with WordPress for those that are more advanced inclined, um, there are plenty of good quality, low cost solutions out there. If you are spending more than, let's say, $100 a month on all of your technology solutions, then you're probably spending too much. I mean, okay. that's how low budget you can do. Yeah. And and you want to keep it low budget because the other thing that I would say is psychologically, you have to prepare yourself to fail. And what I mean by that is you're going to be bad at this. Okay. And it's okay to be bad at it. I've had a podcast now for years. And when I started, I was extremely apprehensive. So I gave my person, myself permission to fail by saying my first 10 episodes are going to suck. They're going to be terrible. They're going to be the worst <laughs> episodes I've ever done. And knowing that my 11th one will get a little bit better. And I think that's how psychologically we approach anything when it comes to the online space. Give yourself permission to fail. You will suck at this. You will not be good at it. 
it's okay. It's not like you're going to write something and then the entire world is going to stop and read it and then get mad at you because of it. If anything, they'll ignore you. Yeah. And that's the beauty about sucking is because the, 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 what happens is, is people just ignore you. <laughs> yeah. It yeah. takes time for you to yeah. get good enough for people to pay attention. When it comes from that, I would really be thinking about what your communication is. And here's how I would go once I go through the psychological barriers. I'd start writing some subject lines or some headlines, right? Because we know from all research that the vast majority of people will only read the headline and not what you write. So spend your time thinking about the headlines, right? What do you want to communicate out? And again, this can be on a piece of paper, on your computer, it doesn't matter. What is it the type of things you want to communicate out? And then from that, pick one of those headlines, just one. And just write about it. That's it. Just write about it. Now, where you choose to put that, be it on Facebook, on your blog site, in an email newsletter, it does not matter. You just have to get through that cycle of writing the headline, writing a short, pithy paragraph, which, by the way, my rule of thumb is no more than three sentences in a paragraph yep. and always include two links. Yep. <laughs> okay. If you can follow that rule and then get comfortable with it and then start to publish it out there and put it out there. If you've got pictures, which is another form of content, go around your neighborhood and take some really cool photography and put it up on Pinterest. Again, it's more of the exercise of giving yourself permission to fail so that you can put things out there and see See what starts to resonate okay. because over time your audience will tell you what resonates with them just like my wife is fastidious about posting things on facebook and seeing how many likes it gets <laughs> you know you can use that as a feedback channel to say this is resonating or this is not resonating and same with your blog site from getting comments to getting shares etc the audience will tell you what they want it is up to you to put enough out there to gauge their reaction okay okay thank you i uh, totally agree I'm I'm on a mission as well to um, ask real estate agents to consider podcasting. I'm a podcaster, you're a podcaster, and and I know how amazing it's been for my profile and my business and my ability to reach out and connect with with way more people than I ever thought possible. And and obviously the same for you. But is this something you think real estate real realtors or real estate agents should be considering? Absolutely. A hundred percent. I, from being in the industry, Good. as long as I have, I have a lot of thought leaders that I talk to and we talk a lot about the future. What does the mobile first world bring to us? Yep. And when we think about the future, what inevitably comes up are two things, voice and video podcasting, which has been around for a long time, has now gained significant traction. It is very easy to produce. There are many tools out there to do it. So again, a good way to create up content is through podcasting, voice enablement through the uh, Amazon uh, Echo, excuse me, Amazon Alexa devices yep. is now gaining huge traction. And again, very easy to put those skill sets onto those devices with your voice. But like everything else I've talked about, you're going to suck at the first ones, yeah. <laughs> and it's okay. It's not like the world is going to crater in on you. You just need to get into the rhythm and rhyme of doing it to find your own voice. The same is true with video, because if we're talking about voice and podcasting, then that mobile device in your pocket, that video device, if you focus on quality audio – then any camera that you have on your phone will allow you to become a video production house. But you have to have the right audio to do it. And again, in a world where we are consuming voice and video at astronomical rates, the production costs are extremely low. And it goes back to, again, what is the content? And again, like with voice, 
you will suck at video until you get good at it. And when you do, you will sit there and go, this is an amazing vehicle, just like podcasting, just like blogging, just like email newsletters. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's interesting that you say that because when I hear a, a podcast from somebody new and, and we invariably do from time to time and I mean, I, I think I don't think there's too many excuses for audio quality being, um, you know, I'll, I'll listen to in different content, but I, I'll struggle through poor audio. But that's another another story, right. I guess. But but if if they do suck a little bit, a big part of me says, well, good on you for having a go anyway. You know, I'm going to I'm going to support you. I, I think it's really cool. And and, and I really admire that somebody's actually taken the initiative to to get started. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the thing about all of this is just showing up constantly, you know, and that's the other thing is that your audience will forgive you if you are continuing to produce valuable content. They will forgive you for bad audio time period. They will forgive you for subject matter that doesn't fit. They will give you a lot of forgiveness if you are consistent and regular in what you do. And this is, I think, probably the biggest sin of all online entrepreneurs as well as online marketers is they do not allow themselves enough time to see success and they give up so quickly because they didn't get a thousand likes or they didn't get a thousand comments or whatever metric they think is so important and they abandon it just at the time they're gaining traction. So the caveat to all of this, be it podcast, video, blogs, newsletter, it does not matter. It is about showing up on a consistent and frequent basis. And if you can put your mindset into that idea, then you will find yourself blocking out time during the week. And that time then becomes some of the most productive time you have in building your real estate business because you are focusing on delivering. Even if you have nothing to say, you still need to show up and deliver something. Yeah. Yeah. And the beautiful thing is once you've recorded your podcast or you've written your blog and you've posted it, it's there for eternity or as long as you as long as you keep paying your hosting fees i guess and and keep everything live but like we said you can do that on a shoestring and mm-hmm. new people are coming into the market you know new people are looking to buy and sell in Dallas or Fort Worth all the time so um and and the longer that your the longer your content is posted um the more chance that more people are going to see it Absolutely. And there are other things, too, that you'll find, I think in real estate especially, is there's a lot of education that we assume people have when it comes to buying and selling real estate, or we assume that they found it in another source. I think that is a, a, a fallacy. I think that you should always be thinking of a way to make it easy for people to understand the process. What are the gotchas? You know, 10 things homeowners don't want you to know when you go and buy their house yeah. type of articles. Yeah. And doing it from a low local perspective, because I can find a lot of resources online about how to buy a house or how to sell a house, but there's very few resources online that talk about how I sell a house in my neighborhood or how I buy a house in my neighborhood. And that is a strategic edge that I think all real estate people have because they know their market. So they can be able to provide advice about home buying and home selling that is specific to a very tightly defined geographic area. And in doing so, it even 
further enhances the ability for you to be found on discovery engines like Google, like Pinterest, like Facebook, like Twitter, like all of the other mediums out there. Because if I'm looking for, to buy a house, I'm not just putting in buy a house <laughs> or buying a home. I'm looking for homes in a very specific area. Yeah. And I want to know more than that. Yeah. Right. Where are, where are the schools? Where is the shopping? Where is my grocery store going to be? Right. And if I go to sell a house, you know, what do I need to know about stagers in my area? I know I should stage a home, but who are the stagers I should even be thinking about? Why is staging important in my area? Yeah. Those are things that local real estate agents have that can beat national players because they understand their market. And just by communicating that, be it on a podcast, a blog post, an email, it doesn't matter. By the fact that you communicated that out there on a consistent basis, then you are gaining the mind share that you need. So when people are thinking about real estate, they're thinking about you. Well, you've just uh, absolutely, and you've just um, made me think of a, a great point as well. I mean, if content if content is the important thing, why not? Once you've got your blog up and running, why not invite a local stager in your area to write a few articles? Because I'm sure <laughs> he or she would would love the publicity, and you can link to their sites as well. Absolutely. And the nice thing is, is that a lot of interior designers will want to be a part of the uh, process. You will find mortgage companies that will want to participate in the process. Yep. And again, by having the platform, which again, as we said, is very low cost. I mean, you know, it is very low cost. By having the platform, by putting your own information in there, by offering up valuable information from a variety of sources for your location, then you stand out. Because here's the thing. Let's be honest. I can go get MLS data or any type of listing data and stick it on my site, right? And the vast majority of real estate uh, websites are just that. Here's a home for sale. <laughs> you know, contact me if you want to buy it, right? Um, everyone's doing that. So what are they not doing? And what they're not doing is what you should be doing because if you're doing it, then you will stand out from all the people that are just being, quite frankly, lazy or unsophisticated in how they approach their online communication. Yeah, yeah, uh, totally agree, totally agree. This is really good stuff. This is working out even better than I thought, Sean. Thank you. <laughs> I'm, I'm delighted. But I knew you'd be awesome anyway, so it goes, goes without saying. So you, you, you've actually got deep into a point that I was going to cover off, but um, I'm you've started talking about about including keywords in your in your podcast, but perhaps more so in your blog, the written word, things that Google are going to find, things that people are going to be searching for, the specifics. You talked about you live in a specific part of Dallas. So it's mm -hmm. not just Dallas, which is a huge city. It's that it's that uh, that zone that you live in. And and mm -hmm. if you're an agent looking for business in that area, if you start to write about that area and um, you make your content keyword rich, people are going to be able to find that and um, and find you. Yeah, and I think you don't – there's not a, a, a black box about this. It's very – write naturally, right? Write to someone who lives in, I don't know, Canada. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and if you were writing to someone who lives in Canada about a place here in Dallas, how would you communicate to them? Yeah. You would probably talk about Dallas, Texas, or you talk about a specific city, or you would talk about the neighborhood, the Lakewood area is an area here in Dallas as well. So you use the word Lakewood has this in the Lakewood area as, again, modifying it with the fact that there are geographic boundaries, Dallas, et cetera. But Google and most discovery engines are very sophisticated now in how they discern what you're writing about. Yep. So by making it easy 
by including keywords naturally. As if you were communicating with someone who did not live in the area, then you're going to make it easier for them to both index it and to associate it with the proper query so that your information comes up. Now, there's no guarantees. No one can guarantee you listing and placement. But what I will say is this. Those that tend to publish frequently tend to do very well in search engines. (laughs) Those who publish infrequently tend not to do well. So it is a combination of the keyword richness and the communication therein, as well as that consistency. The frequency, yeah. Yeah, and also making it long enough. I mean, anyone can write a paragraph, right? But if you do a thousand-word piece, right, that shows a lot of depth to it from a search engine perspective. In addition to the fact that when you are writing that piece, include links to good quality resources, both on your site and outside of your site, that help augment the point. Because that's another good signal that this is a well-researched piece if I am linking inside of my content to other valuable resources, including within my own site, then it is perceived by search engines Ah, to have a better value. So it's your keywords, it's your length, it's your citational analysis inside of there. And at the end of the day, if you read it or someone reads it and says, this is a valuable piece of information, then search engines will love it and people will love it and people who love it will tend to share it. And then you've got your social media sharing strategy in play. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Okay, so... I've uh, I've bitten the bullet and I've sat down and I've I've written a blog and I've I've published it on my my awesome new website and I might have sent it to some of the contacts that I've already got. How do I promote it to people outside that you you've already mentioned uh, Facebook and social and stuff like that? But how do I start spreading my wings? How do I start reaching people that that I don't know? Well, there's two ways. There's the organic way and there's the paid way, or what we call amplification. Mm -hmm. Uh, The organic way is very simple. When you are posting anything, you want to share it, um, and you don't want to just share it once. You want to share it multiple times um, throughout a time period. Let's say during the week, you write something on Monday, you've shared it three, four, five times. That is an absolutely good strategy. It doesn't seem spammy if you do it properly. But once you start sharing it to your network, then your network will pick it up. And that's where the term network effect comes from. So it all starts with you being diligent about communicating it out there in ways that are meaningful to the audience, sharing it appropriately and frequently as you post it through. And there's a lot of good tools out there that will automate some of this for you. But at the same token, you need to go and then work with your network to literally say, Hey, Bob or Sally, I just wrote this. I'd love your opinion about it (laughs) because that was the next step. So you share it out there. You see what's happening. You're doing it frequently. Then you actually reach out to people that you care about to ask them to read it, to give you their uh, input. Now, the simple fact is they're only going to read the headline. (laughs) So if your headline resonates, they're going to love it. And if they like the headline enough, they're going to share it. If you've got a photograph in there that they really like, they're going to share it. So it is up to you and the organic side to both share it yourself, but also to reach out to your network, to people and say, I've written this, I'd like your input, like your feedback. And if you make it easy to share that content, which means you have sharing buttons both at the top and bottom of your post, then it becomes something that they can click on, engage with. The organic is truly a time-based function of engagement. So you can't force it, but you can influence it. 
Amplified or paid media is the second option. Now, that can take many forms. That's certainly paying for sponsorship um, on another site, in an email newsletter, uh, as well as running ads on uh, your different search engines and social media. But I would caveat it this way, is that if you've got a really valuable piece of content, a buyer's guide, let's say, a seller's guide, let's say, research data that you've compiled up – that is worth buying an ad for sometimes if and I and, and this is the big if if by buying that traffic by through ads, you're driving them to your site and on your site, you're giving those viewers the option of signing up for your email newsletter. Uh-huh. Because you if you're driving traffic yep. to your site yep. and you are not asking people for their email address in a clear, obvious and non-intrusive way. Uh, then you, then all your work is for naught. You're missing because out. At, that's right. Because your website is designed for one thing. It is designed to get people to act. And there's two forms of act, three forms of actions. I can email you, I can call you, or I can sign up for your newsletter. Signing up for your newsletter is the softest of them. Emailing you a second and calling you, well, I'm probably ready to buy or sell at that point. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, the, opportunities there are immense. And I guess you'd probably be better testing an article organically to see if it does have some take up uh, and and promoting the one that uh, has, um, has, has worked the best, I guess. Absolutely. That is a perfect strategy. Yeah. And certainly something that we talk a lot about here is that there are stories that we've written over the years that we've refined the headlines, we've seen and have lots of social media information, a lot of Google analytical information. And those become very obvious candidates for um, uh, additional amplification by buying an ad that points to that article. But here's yeah. another aspect, too. With Google and Facebook and Twitter, they have a ability for you to remarket people. It's called remarketing. Yep. So if someone visits your blog site, then they see your ad on Facebook or your ad on Google or one of the Google content networks. This is another reason why having your own site is important because if I'm coming to your site to learn about how to buy or sell a home or about a community, and then I see your ad in my Facebook feed, then I have a higher probability of engaging with you. So again, it goes back to the reason for content is it can serve both as an organic means of gaining uh, an audience that will eventually buy or sell, but it also is a way to remarket to them with an ad that says when you are interested, and we know that they're interested in you because they went to your site. Am I correct in thinking, Sean, that uh, you guys, you and Jessica, did a did a a podcast on that not so long ago? Because if so, I'd like to include it in the show notes because it's a really good point. Yes, and I'll be more than happy to send a couple of corresponding links to the conversation that should point people in the right direction. And the nice thing is a lot of what I talk about is on copyblogger.com, which is the primary media property we own. So we own a a network, and then we also, of course, own copyblogger.com. And highly recommend everyone go there. Tons of free resources information that go directly to this point. And again, this is not magic. 
I mean, it really isn't. I mean, everyone struggles with the same problems. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and there are those that have figured it out and they have shared that information. And it is usually incumbent upon your audience, people listening to the show, to really just take the time to say, I'm going to get better at this and then to do it. It's the same thing I tell my children. How do you get better at something? You want to get better at it and you keep on trying after it until you do. And it's the same with anything in life. And real estate agents have a very tough job, but at the same token, they have huge amounts of availability of time to really get their messaging perfect. And I will say this, a compelling article online is worth 10 uh, billboards or signs and thing because it will resonate a lot longer than that billboard or that sign in the yard will. And, and absolutely. And the opportunities are so great now, Sean, because yes, it is competitive and there's probably a gazillion agents in, in Dallas, Fort Worth, but there's not a gazillion agents doing this with a great podcast and blog. And like we've been discussing during this episode, you don't need to spend a lot of money and, and a lot of time. You just need to get it to get it up and get it out there. What about while we're on that, what about the idea of interviewing an influencer in your area? Because if you're if I influ, if I like a restaurateur or a, or a local sports person who's had some success or something like that, or a or a or a, a local business person who's who's got some profile, if I do that, they're likely to share our interview as well, aren't they? Common tactic used by everyone in content marketing, so you are 100% correct. (laughs) It's always good, especially if you have someone who has some local notoriety, some local fame, and you have a relationship with. And and the way to approach them, um, there's a tactic that I use a lot to uh, get people to come onto my show and how I've been able over the years to interact with a lot of influencers in my community. And I'll give you the very simple formula. Start out with flattery. You have changed my life. Your show, your restaurant, your whatever it is they do, you have to start out that conversation by saying, your business, your work has changed my life. I am a giant fan of what you've done. My family goes to your restaurant all the time. We you know, read your articles every day. It doesn't matter. Yeah. You have to start with flattery first. because that they shows- say no? Exactly, because it gets their attention, because everyone has a narcissistic streak in them if they are of some note in their community, Mm -hmm. and acknowledging that makes them feel better. Secondly, uh, point to something that they've done, right, a a specific tactical thing. So if I'm reaching out to a blogger, I will then reference a blog post they did that I've read and I actually know enough about. So if they quiz me about it, I could speak with some uh, measure of intelligence. Third is – to give them, you know, what you do, they ask. You know, I have a show, I have a blog that is widely read in our community, and it would be an honor for you to be a part of it. It will only take, and this is the other aspect. This is kind of how you almost to end it. It will only take. 10 minutes of your time. Yep. Okay. Yep. Because here's why 30 minutes, you know, is, is probably what it will be. <laughs> yeah. But if it's only 10 minutes and you can do it in 10 minutes, you can do anything in 10 minutes. Um, then the, uh, them to say no, because they don't have the time becomes diminished. Right. And then from that, saying that it only take 10 minutes of time. We can do it on the telephone. We can do it at the coffee shop. We can do it at your location. doesn't matter. And then following up at the very end, would it be appropriate to contact you Tuesday at two o'clock to make this happen? Because by ending it with a definitive declaration, the response is either going to be, no, that date doesn't work for me. <laughs> Let's yeah. pick something else. Or they're just going to ignore it. So by giving them the uh, the ask right there, which is as Tuesday at two o'clock, a good time for us to talk, then the response is either going to be yes or no or nothing at all. 
But yeah. if it's no, it's probably to find a better time to coordinate with their schedule. Yeah, beautiful. Beautiful. All right. Well, I'd like to thank you for your time. You are a, a wealth of information, and um, I kind of did the flattery thing on you, but I did it on air. So, and <laughs> mate, th- thank you so much for your time. You've just uh, you've given us so much gold. I've got a, I've made a pages of notes here, and um, yeah, check out copyblogger.com, everybody, and sign up for the free training if you're into this space, and you should be because you're really going to stand out in your market. Check out Sean's site, copyblogger.com, and. And also check out the Digital Entrepreneur. It's a brilliant podcast. I'm a I'm, I am a huge fan, and that's how I heard about Sean and and buddy. I really love your work. So thank you so much for your time today, and uh, I look forward to keeping in touch. Awesome. Ray, thank you, and to your audience, thank you for their time, and best of luck to all. Wow, Ray, that honestly, that was one of the best episodes that I've produced so far this year. And I've had a lot of great ones, even on your own show. Um, But I knew that Sean was going to have some great content for your agent specifically, and really any entrepreneur in the digital space that's that's trying to grow their business uh, with these digital tools. The internet is so powerful, man. You know, I knew the power of podcasting for businesses and business owners before I hooked up with you, Ray, and, and you and I started working together. I saw yep. it in other people's yep. businesses. I saw it uh, even before I entered the industry myself uh, as an entrepreneur and, and, a, and an editor and producer. But I didn't realize exactly what the power of podcasting could be for agents, for real estate agents specifically, until I started working with you. And then it occurred to me, like, why isn't everybody doing this? I heard what you were doing and I started looking around. And and frankly, still, even almost two years later, we've been working together and there aren't a lot of local agents that have shows of their own that are using this medium to promote themselves and grow their businesses. And, and I thought, why? What is it that's holding these people back? Yeah. And I asked you, I said, what was it that was holding you back? Why did you not start until you did? And it, it was about the tools, right? It's about the the all the technical hurdles that you have to jump through. How do you tie it all together? Where, do, How do I build a website? How do I tie that website to the podcast? Where do I send this podcast? What does iTunes have to do with anything, et cetera, et cetera, right? Yep. Yep, exactly. That was that was a huge stumbling block for me. And I've talked about this on the show many times in the past. And, uh, you know, eventually, okay, I made some mistakes, but that's often the only way you learn. But you know, we are, like I said at the start of the show, we are at this really interesting period in time where this opportunity exists. So, Joel, why don't we get into uh, we've we've called our we've called this Top Agents Radio, and um, long story short, we're going to be working with just ten agents to help them set up their complete format and programs and podcasting show. Joel, do you want to talk a bit more about that? Absolutely. So, so I come from the local radio world. I, I grew up in the local radio industry, and a generation ago, Ray, this is exactly what would have happened. Your local real estate agent would would contact your local radio station, and they'd have their own show, right? Well, between dwindling radio audiences and the fact that there are so many uh, agents already well established in your market, likely that's sort of hard to do at this point. However, there's no gatekeepers when it comes to podcasting. There's nobody waiting to tell you that you can do this. It's just about having the team behind you or the expertise to be able to to put this plan into place. And you and I have that expertise and we've built that team. What we have is a team of designers and web developers. We've got audio producers and and podcast experts, and we brought them all to bear as well as our own experience in this field. Um, 
we've built a done for you service to launch your own podcast. So what we're going to do is we're going to build your site. We're going to integrate the podcast itself. We're going to distribute your show to Apple Podcasts and Google Play Music and Stitcher and anywhere else that people are listening to podcasts. But most importantly, Ray, we're also going to teach these agents how to podcast, how to make the connections in their local market with the mayor, with business owners, with other entrepreneurs, with other influencers in their area that are going to make sure that they are exactly the center of of the real estate market specifically, but just in general, uh, tourism and interest in their local market. I, it's so powerful, man. You can just completely dominate it with podcasting. And so few people are doing this in the entire world, Ray. We're looking for 10 to start this out. We, we've got a beta product ready to launch. We're going to roll it out with our Founders Club is what we're calling them. We've got a great deal to offer them. They're going to have some, some great savings in the long run by buying in early. But we're looking for agents that are going to be shining examples of exactly how well this can work. People that are really hungry to establish that expertise and and corner their market with this new powerful medium of podcasting. You don't have to have any expertise behind the mic or any experience behind the mic. You don't even have to know what the format of a podcast is, Ray. We've got the educational material built up. We've got the experience and we're going to bring the coaching to bear as well for these founders and for the rest of our members as we grow. But I am so excited about what Top Agents Radio is going to do for agents Again, all over the world. This will work in, you know, Louisiana, where I am. It'll work in Toronto, where you are. It'll work in Melbourne, where you were. It'll work all over the world, Ray. It's really, really exciting. I think it is, Joel. I think it is. I think it's really an idea whose time has come. And uh, it's interesting. I was speaking with an agent I know very well who wanted to, uh, I won't say who and I won't say where, but she wanted to, um, or she is planning to have a billboard outside of her town. It's costing her $10,000 a year. And I honestly do not see the point because you've got to continually pay for it and pay for it and pay for it and pay big. The beautiful thing about a podcast, and this is where I've found the real benefit, is that, I mean, I'm closing in on 100 episodes now. This is number 96. So once you've done it, and it's out there. It's working for you 24-7. It's out there all the time. The content is almost always relevant. So it's one of the really powerful things about, about podcasting. And increasingly, people are going to be seeking you out by doing an online search. And one of the things they're going to find is your podcast because Google loves to see these interactive websites, these multimedia websites with blogs and audio recordings, and they're regularly tended, etc. So, uh, and one of the things that we're going to be really focusing on and helping you with is, okay, you've built it, you've got it up and going, we've helped you with some content to get you set up. I mean, heck, I can even interview you for your first few episodes and we get it going, show you what to do. Um, but then I'm going to show you, and, and Joel will be working with me as well, how you can start to influ- start to interview the influencers in your area, and here's here's where the magic happens, Joel. And you and I talk about this all the time. So, uh, but for the benefit of our listeners, I want to explain it. Let's say you interview the local uh, football star in your in your area, or okay, in Australia it might be a cricket guy, or a basketball lady, or whatever it might be, a sports person, a local business person, um, somebody who's a front runner for a charity. Whatever. It could be the mayor, it could be the fire chief, it could be the chief of police, there could be an incident or, or or an issue in your town, you interview that person. They get a platform that they didn't have. And if they're an influencer, they'll have a big following on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, 
uh, on their own website, within their own community, within their own sphere. So here's where the magic happens. We put together a great show where you interview them, set it all up, and then that goes out into into the uh, the Potter sphere, as we call it, on iTunes or whatever. But you let them know, and then they start sharing it within their, their sphere as well. It goes on their Facebook page. So suddenly you're profiling somebody that you didn't really know before, and without your podcast, you probably wouldn't have got the opportunity to speak with them. But they're putting you and the show and the episode in front of people that you didn't even know before. So I just think it's such a magic way to spread the word, spread the word about what you do. Um, you know, the hundreds of, of listens that I get every day on my show, um, there's no possible way that I would have been able to have this kind of connection with agents and with people in the community without my podcast. So I just really think that's where the magic happens, Joel. I totally agree with you, Ray. Let me let me tell you two quick things in addition to that that I think make podcasts so powerful in, in particular. So the first thing is the intimacy, the, the nature of where people listen to podcasts. You know, you put them in your earbud, you listen in your car, uh, you listen in the shower, maybe on your Bluetooth speaker, you listen in bed, perhaps right before you go to sleep. It's a very intimate uh, art form. And so when you're speaking to a listener on an ongoing basis, you're developing a powerful, powerful relationship that you really have no other outlet to, to develop that kind of relationship with in the modern world. The other thing, though, is the fact that you can take uh, that podcast and repurpose it in so many ways. You know, audio is actually very easy to create at a high level, uh, Ray, and we're going to show you exactly how to do that. Fairly cheap equipment that you can purchase, uh, or maybe you've already got uh, most of the equipment that you need even to, to produce a high-quality podcast, and yet you're going to be able to take that audio and you can make uh, you know short Instagram videos from great quality quotes or great segments of the show and repurpose that, send it out to people that may never actually listen to your podcast, but now you've got great social media content from work you've already done uh, that you can repurpose and draw in clients in, in a different way. So those two things together, Ray, the, the intimate nature of the art form and the fact that it is just infinitely recyclable and repurposable once you create this content, I think that's really, really powerful for business owners. Absolutely, absolutely. And let me just be clear about the content here because I you know, I see real estate agents' Facebook pages all the time, and I'm sure you do too, Joel, and I'll send a few of them to you. And they always struggle for followers because, you know, only four or five percent of the market's ever looking to buy or sell it at one time. And you know, when I see these pages, I mean as gorgeous as the photos might be and the content's great, but who really cares? People care you know, people don't care about you or about me or about Joel. They care about themselves. So if you can start to profile, you know, what's in it for people, we've had some great success with the uh, with the local community Facebook pages, and we'll be setting that up for you as well. Uh, that's a really fun thing to do and a really great way to engage your market. And if you've got a great Facebook page, you can start featuring your audio program, your podcast on that page or, or videos as well. So there are just so many upsides to this, but please, I, I mean, this is going to air in in September 2017. We only have we only have ten places, so um, if you're listening to this in the future, uh, the places will probably be gone. But you know what? I'm going to put a link in the show notes. All you need to do actually is go to topagentsplaybook.com forward slash radio. So that's topagentsplaybook.com forward slash radio. 
to find out all about it and to and I'll give you the point of contact there so so you can get started and reach out and let's have a chat about it. Let's see if we're a match. Let's see, you know, I'd like to talk to you, Joel, I'd like to talk to you. We'd like to see if this is actually something that we feel we can work together on. We've only got 10 places, like I say, so we'll go through everything that's involved how it's going to work, and how you can position yourself as the digital marketing leader in not only in real estate, but in your community. Ray, I appreciate the time and uh, I cannot wait to share these great tools and this great plan with more agents. Thanks, man. Okay. Thanks so much for your time, Joel. I look forward to catching up with you shortly, mate. No coincidence, real estate's top agents use real estate's best software. Locked On is so popular with top producers because it's laden with features. Agents say Locked On is fast, reliable, and like having two assistants. If your real estate software and systems are holding you back, why not experience the ultimate cloud-based solution and take your productivity to the next level? To get your free 30-day trial and for special discount for life deal, go to LockedOn.com forward slash Ray.